It's time to become a member of Playvolution HQ and Exploration's Early Learning. There's a free option and three paid patron-level options. All come with free stuff and ongoing automatic training and merch discounts. For as little as a dollar a month, you can become a patron. That supports our work and you get premium stuff like early access to fresh podcast episodes. Go to explorationsearlylearning.com slash membership or click the link in this episode's description to learn more. All the cool listeners are doing it. On with the show. Childcare Bar and Grill podcast. Jeff Johnson here in upstairs studio. Over there is Lisa Murphy. What do you call your little broadcast place there? Do you have a little name for your little office place? I don't. Now I feel bad like I should. You should. Well, you upstairs should. I do. Upstairs is the Zoom room. It's the goat room. Oh, yeah. Um, but down here, down here, when I record down here, um, I don't really, it's my office. I'm here in the office. Oh. You should, uh, you should come up with a name for it for me. Hey, listeners, any name for Lisa Murphy's space, the, the you know, office? Yeah, we'll, we'll think of something. Uh, anyway, we, we, should, we maybe could have done that in a pre-production, uh, <laughs> named your room instead of starting an episode with it. So Lisa when Murphy. I'm like, ah, uh, ah. Uh. <laughs> No, very little show prep done on the show. Uh, no, actually, last night we were doing some show prep. I mean, coming up with some possible topics, and and we got talking, and and the idea of uh, of what makes a toy a toy came up, and what is is this thing a toy, and that thing is not a toy, and and I thought it might be something to unpack. We are we are coming up towards 800 episodes of the show. And it's something we've, we've, we've talked about toys before, but I don't think we've, we've really talked about what makes a toy a toy. So let's, uh, you got any thoughts to jump in or you want me to jump in or where you want to start? Well, I I'll, I'll jump in. We we can riff off of each other of of the minute I start thinking toys. um, I'm a member of the international toy research association. And the last time we were all together at a conference was in Paris. Um, and I dug out my notes of some of the handouts that were there. And, and the title of the article was what can't be a toy, oh. which I thought was an intriguing. And it's it's a it's a, if I can find it, I, I, I don't know if this is something we can probably get online and maybe we can post it in the notes if you're so inclined. Um, but right out the gate that he said, indeed, it might be assumed that any formal object can be played with as a toy and as consequence of the playing becomes a toy. That might be I assumed. Like that. It might be assumed that any object, right? Because sometimes where the room will get divided is, is it a commercial toy? Is uh-huh. it something that was purchased versus something that the child found and is now using as a plaything or a toy? So was there a but in following that? It might be assumed, but? No. Okay. That it might be assumed that any formal object can be played with as a toy, and as a consequence of the playing, became a toy. I think I locked and loaded on the playing variable. Yeah, and so that's where I come from too. If you can play with it, it's a toy. 
Yeah. I mean, really? Whether you shopped for it or not. I've got the, uh, I mean, might as well, I went to the dictionary. I got the Cambridge uh, dictionary up and uh, the first definition is an object for children to play with. There you go. Um, But it's got here. It's got uh, a clockwork wind up toy, a clock. You can tell this is the Cambridge Dictionary. Clock. When, when was the last clockwork. time you saw a kid, a kid playing with a clockwork wind-up toy? Uh, cuddly soft stuffed toy. A toy train farm soldier. Yeah. Um, uh, that kind of stuff. Um, and so in my mind, if you can play with it, it's a toy. I, I think toys for me are are the, the, the two kind of phrases I like are if you can play with it, it's a toy. And play is in the child, not the toy. And exactly. if you 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 put those two together, I think that that kind of kind of summarizes my view of things. It's the any object a child engages with can can be considered a toy, and that engagement is fueled more by what the child brings to the experience than what the object brings to the experience. I I agree. I agree. This might be a very short episode. It might be a very short episode (laughs) where, okay. So some of the listeners know I'm currently also taking a play therapy certification class and a a play worker certification class. And it was interesting to me, the toy piece kind of blending in with the play therapy piece. So some of the little side investigating that I'm due, that's not necessarily a part of the, the class right now is like what constitutes the quote unquote toys that people in that industry feel should be in the playroom, like what kind of toys and materials are in the environment and are there specific toys that elicit some of the play themes that therapists specifically would be perhaps looking for or looking to evoke in order to assist the child in why ever, you know, why ever reason that they're coming to, to therapy. And one of the ladies that I found online said that the stuff that you have isn't necessarily of concern. Like it's not a shopping list. Like we don't want you to think that just because you have this, now you've got a good play therapy room. It's more that the stuff that you have needs to be able to evoke that emotional response. And that was, you know, like the, the themes that you might see in play, you know, what do I have available in the playroom that might elicit, um, fear or trust or aggression or caring, you know, what, what are those trigger kind of things? And it made me think like, how much of that have we put into the classroom to a childcare room without realizing it, you know, like that almost accidental creation of what might be considered a therapeutic environment, you know, you know, does it, does it have to be a dinosaur or a dragon to elicit that emotion or could it be a rock? Like, mm-hmm. does the feeling override the actual thing because if the child is wanting to express that, are they going to, is is it safe to say that they'll use any object that they just are able to project that emotion onto, or does it have to be an alligator or a dragon? Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I don't know. I was, that's, that's just where my brain um, was, was going a little bit. I, I just think I, I agree with you that a I, toy I, is something that can be played with. Um, well, one of, my, one of my favorite things is people agreeing with me. So, I mean, we might as well wrap, no. Uh, we can ahead. wrap it up. But then then the one article that I found, um, and this was with the toy ITRA folks um, from the Paris conference was, so Lego in, independently, would you consider Lego a toy? And then once something perhaps is constructed, 
does it lose its toy status because now it has become something other than the the Lego? I I would argue that it transforms uh, because when when it is just blocks, it is it is blocks. It is, it is Lego and you're building a thing, but then that thing becomes a, a toy um, in and of itself. If, if kids choose to use it that way, right? Because, true, because kids true. bring their, their, their own, own interest in it. So, I mean, it might be somebody that's building and they want to put it up on a shelf because it's, it's cool. I built this dinosaur. I built this bug. I built this house. I built the spaceship, put it up there so everybody can see what a good builder I am. But also in, 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 in Johnson's later state, not Jeff Johnson, Harriet Johnson's uh, stage a block play those later stages involve building things and then playing with them Mm -hmm. um and it's usually structures that become you know we built a zoo and now we're going to play zoo with it but but then i mean mean, i've seen spent plenty of kids spend an afternoon building dozens and dozens of little cars or spaceships with the lego and then the whole next day is is spent in small world play with those things they built with them so i think it's the, the 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 that lego as a as a toy has has that that transformational um aspect to ability but yeah. I've, I've seen those with other building sets the the pvc pipe sets that i that i was always a big fan of in our program and it's just you know it's half inch pvc pipe and fittings kids would spend time building materials and then but they, they would be building props for the dramatic play so they'd build uh showers or or milking machines if they were playing farm or or motorcycles or vacuum cleaners and then they would use those things in as as props in their in their dramatic play and so i think those those constructiony things have that transformative property mm-hmm. to them that that allows them that flexibility and i wonder if clay, would you say that about clay and play-doh the transformative piece there. Hmm. I, I, well, I think, I mean, and again, it depends on the, the kid and their the interest, but I've, I've totally seen kids build. I mean, they'll make a bunch of, they'll make a family of snakes out of Play-Doh because it's really easy to make snakes when you're, when you're three, three. And, and, and not good at Play-Doh yet. Um, and then, and then that family of snakes spends their time slithering around the table and, and, and under, under the little plate, the yellow Play-Doh container and, and, and those kind of things. And then, oh no, they get smushed by the Play-Doh lid and then mommy and daddy snake are sad and, and on it goes. And so I think, I think there are plenty of those objects that, that transform. And I would, I would argue that one thing that makes loose parts or many types of loose parts, um, valuable playthings, toys is that they, they can transform um, as the kids, the kids see necessary. I, um, I know last night when I was, uh, texting you and I'll share this with the listeners. I mean, I'm sure everybody has seen those videos that are up on social media of the, the mother putting, uh, typically the mom putting objects on a baby in front of the baby in the high chair. And like 99.9% of the time, the kid seems to gravitate towards the, the real thing, as opposed to what we would call a commercially made made toy. And I, 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 I find that interesting, (laughs) you know, that, that, that it's, it's something real. And I think it's because the kids see the adults using them as well. And I, I think we drink the commercial Kool-Aid marketing of thinking that the bright, shiny new thing is what we have to fill the baby's room with when, when really, I think we would probably be just fine using stuff we already got around the house. 
Yeah, I, I, I've never watched those videos until you, I didn't even know it was a thing. Um, but I looked at a couple this morning and one I saw was there, it was a, it was a dad. So I guess I'm, I'm way out of, out of line with, uh, with, no, with no, the majority no. of them, but okay. So he, he put in front of his little guy must've been, I don't know, 14 months old in that range, uh, was, uh, a, a iPhone and a, a toy cell phone. And of course, the kid goes for for the real phone. And then it was a video game controller, like a real one and a toy one. And the kid goes for the real one. And then it was a remote control, a toy one and a a, a real one. And of course, he goes for the real one. But my thing is, with, with that, of course, he's going for the things that he sees the adult holding all the time because, right. because his whole life he's been told, no, no. No, yeah. no, that yeah. and, and not to touch, and then he's given the opportunity to touch. So of course he wants to touch the thing he hasn't been allowed to sure. allowed to sure. play with. So well, and and I think the ones that I've seen have been um, first of all just from, and this is by no means a scientific experiment. So I'm using this word loosely, but I am more intrigued by the videos that get captured when the object is put from behind. Mm-hmm. As opposed to because, I mean, I started watching some of those and I'm like, I can see this baby watching the adult's eyes. You know, I can see that the baby is noticing that one was put in front a little closer, you know, like I could see yeah. some of that stuff. And so I got a little like, mm. but then there's a couple where it's like, boom, right at the same time, two things from the back. And the kid always and it was not always the the taboo stuff. It was like a, a, a wooden spoon versus the baby keys. Uh-huh. And the spoon. Right. So it's not always the taboo. Like one was a, a papaya. You put a papaya out and and a, and a kid toy and they went to the papaya. Yeah. And it's you know, I'm not looking to draw any major conclusions from this. I thought it was just kind of novel and interesting. About a year ago, I was doing a workshop online and I kind of casually mentioned that for some reason. Well, apparently, while the workshop was happening, the dad had come home from work. Baby was in the high chair. Dad is hearing me do the workshop for you know his wife and the other teachers. He starts doing it in, <laughs> with the baby, and you heard him yell. He's like, "Tell the lady on this thing that it's working." <laughs> and it's true. And I don't know. To me, the the takeaway from that is is a little bit more superficial and not real deep. It's it is a reminder that you don't need to make yourself broke yes. in order to buy shiny shit. You know, your kids will play with the Tupperware and the wooden spoons and the pots and pans, you know, unless you start to think that that's not enough or that it should be, you know, something more or something other other than than that. Yeah. Yeah. I think I I think there's a piece of, um, mm, you know, what what makes a toy. I think the kid being the boss of it. You know, that maybe to me and this might be a value is that it has more value if the kid is the boss of what happens. But if the child is just a passive receiver of of what the thing does, if I push a button, like that might still be a commercially made toy, Mm -hmm. but I would probably rate that a little lower on a hierarchy than something that the kid was 100% the boss of. So that kind of leads me into another thing I wanted to ask you about this is, um, Look, our human brains, I mean, we're wired for sorting and classifying. And so I think there, I think we we might agree that, hey, if they can play with it, it's a toy. But I think we like to classify things into good toys and bad toys. 
Well, and didn't we talk about the Mark Armitage webinar where where he he was talking a little bit about um, good loose parts versus bad loose parts and 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 our toys able to be considered loose parts? It was almost like a mirror image of this of this conversation, you know, and oh, I don't is there a difference between a toy and a loose part? And I, I had watched that webinar and it, it kind of made its way into our discussion that we had about something um, oh, a, a couple of days later or whatever, but. No, I, um, I, and, and, and yes, it toys are loose parts. Toys, yes. toys are 100% loose parts. Uh, Simon Nicholson uh, refers to toys as variables in the environment. And so if it's in the environment, um, it, it, it's potentially a, a loose part. So exactly. um, I, Mark's great. Apparently, if he thought opposite of that, then he was wrong. Um, no, 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 oh, not no. at all. Not oh, at all. Okay. No, 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 no. No, I was saying that he was talking like how you were just saying I was adding to what you said. So okay. we might be inclined to classify a good toy or a bad toy. He was essentially doing the same thing, but running it through loose parts. You know, why so are we inclined the same page to say that this? Yes, we are okay, on the same good. page with Mark. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. I so I, and, and so I think that classification gets in the way sometimes because we will i mean again uh harking back to weapons play we will ban this toy because it looks like a ninja turtle sword or a lightsaber or a laser blaster and so that's a bad toy um we can't have in we can't have in the environment and so we bring we bring a lot of adult judgment and uh, i don't know I guess judgment is the word for it on, onto things. I, I've totally Values. done this. Yeah. We, I think we, we all do. I mean, we do it with books. There's good books and then there's, you know, bad books and, you know, we try not to be like that, but I'll own it. There's books that I'm going to have on my shelf and books that I'm not going to have on, on the shelf, you know? Yeah. I mean, and, and I, I mean, I think we'd say the same with toys. I mean, I'm not going to be putting, well, whatever. Well, I, I mean, I'll, I'll, we, we could go around the classroom and and be like that. You know what I used to have versus what I have now or, or sure. what what is my personal classification for something that I might be more inclined to? If I say that this toy has more value, well, what do I actually mean by that? You know, is it just random and superficial and and based solely on whether I like it or not? Or am I able to kind of back it up? You know, why would this toy be considered more valuable to a child? You know, is the child more involved? Is the child more engaged? Is the child the one leading? Or is, it, is the child actively investigating and exploring? Or is it just something that is being done to the child? Is it more passive, like I was saying? Yeah, yeah. And so my kind of trajectory here has been, you know, we had back in my center director days, especially we had a lot of the the store-bought stuff, yeah, the, the, I mean, the common action figures, the Fisher price people, but even some of the other stuff, the, the Ninja turtle figurines and all that kind yeah. of stuff. And, and, and kids played with them because kids play with that shit. And then, and because it's what was available in the space, right? Sure, because sure. The, the urge to play, I think is so strong that they're going to use whatever's there whatever's around yeah sure and then and then i got a little bit i don't know if it's puritanical but i, I evolved and and then in our family child care days we kind of weeded that stuff out you know we'd, we'd end up with with collections of of the little the the crap stuff that came in happy meals because 
people don't, I mean, their kids grow up and they, they donate that to the nonprofit childcare program and everything. And, and then our kids, it, we, so we had that stuff at the center and then we had it at, at home because our kids had that shit. Um, and then we kind of weeded that stuff out. And I felt really good about myself because we got rid of all that, all that commercial store. Get rid of stuff. the plastic, get rid of the plastic. Yeah. yeah. And, and kids played. And now I don't know if I'm as anti that stuff as I was back then, because look, kids are going to play with what's available. And if you're in an environment where that's what is available, because you are a, a um, small program working in a fiscally challenged community, and that donated stuff is all you have available for the kids, um, I'm not going to judge you for having that stuff there because the kids are going to play with it and it is going to be engaging. And, and so I guess I've maybe come full circle, but I guess the philosophy, the mindset behind it is slightly different. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And I think to that, the addition of those open-ended found material loose parts begin to perhaps offer a little bit of a balance to that. Yeah. You no, know, because even though kids, yes, and we're on the same page there, they're going to use what's available. At the end of the day, I still believe that it's true that a Batman figurine is still a Batman figurine. A Batman is Batman is Batman. And I'm not against Batman. I think it's awesome. But yeah. I'm just saying that it's going to be less likely that a child sees that Batman per, per character as anything other than Batman. Whereas other items that aren't as commercially, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, aren't aren't so specific. There's mo- there's more room for the thing to be other things. Yeah, yeah. That Batman figurine is a lo- is still a loose part, but it's not it a is. very loose loose part. It's not. Um, you have to be a child has to be an, an expert player to turn a Batman figurine into Wonder Woman in in their play scenario, where mm-hmm. it's much easier to do with a plain old rectangle rectangular wooden block. One day or that a block, stick, yeah, right. One, one day that thing is Batman. Towel. One day it is a cheese sandwich, and the next day mm-hmm. it's Wonder Woman. So there's exactly. that, that 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 those more, I don't know, gem, generic. Those faceless materials are are much more flexible. There's more there's more variability in them. Um, and well, so and, and I I mean and this is probably slippery sloping, not that that's bad into, into another loose parts discussion. Um, but you know, those they're open-ended. There's so many ways that sticks and rocks and, and tires and gutter and cable spools can be used. And we've talked about that before, right? A kitchen set that you buy from the store is a kitchen set but milk crates and boxes and two by fours can be whatever the players are needing it to be that day. Because I feel even to what you just said, uh, only an expert player is going to turn an obvious kitchen into something else. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I totally agree that, that in, in most cases, kids are drawn towards, real things. And I, I'm not sure exactly how I'm defining real. Um, but I think a playing, I, I think kids are drawn more towards real technology than the kid versions of them. For example, I was thinking about this last night when we were messaging uh, about, uh, about toy and I started thinking about toying and I thought about a cat toying with a, a mouse they captured. And then would a cat rather, rather toy with a real mouse or a little, a little plastic fuzzball mouse that they got at the paper, store? 
same exact uh, thing we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, of course, they would gravitate towards the the real mouse. And then I was I was thinking about the the dogs here who who cohabitate upstairs studio with me. And uh, and Tasha picked up uh, a couple months back some raccoon like doggy chew toy. It was a it had it was kind of animal shaped that had the striped tail and it was kind of a pull toy they could took and they they ripped it apart and, and devoured exactly. it um really quickly but then the other day we were we were out and they were off leash and we were out early um and uh, there was a a family of of raccoons heading home for the night it's kind of you know the sun is starting to come up and they're like oh a wild night let's head back to the tree and uh the dogs took up off after them and i got to tell you the the play experience for the pups chasing and the the real chattering raccoons was a much more sensory rich <laughs> um engaging experience than than and they totally had totally fun with the total lots of fun with the fake one but the the real raccoon experience was a a much more a real, I guess, experience, a deeper, more sensory rich experience than the, uh, so maybe it's something mammals are kind of wired for, huh? True. Uh, True. I don't know. I, but I also think that what you said kind of in, in passing, but is that children see that the adults give more value to those real things, to a wooden spoon, to a spatula, to an egg beater, to a remote control, to my real keys, to my real glasses. And I, I think that could be part of that drawing to the real thing as well. Yeah, well, I mean, those things, because they're, those are adult things, those things confer power. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I remember when my, my I want to explore it. Yeah. I remember when my, my son was little, he, he loved keys. Right. And so when he was little, he had the little plastic keys and the plastic key rings, but he got a little bit older and, and uh, gave him a key ring of, of, of real quote unquote real keys, but they didn't go to anything. And yeah. so he loved those and he walked around with them and he pretended he was driving with them and unlocking things with them and everything. But if he had the preference between his play keys and my real keys, um, he always wanted those real ones because those are what what daddy used at work to unlock mm -hmm. the uh, I mean I had the key to the, the the soda machine and I had a key to to, <laughs> to, to the ball the, the room where all the balls were in the gym and and all that kind of stuff and so of course those those conferred more power and so of course he wanted to have those in his hands anytime he could so mm -hmm. I think there's that that and the sensory piece too you know I was just thinking about that you know what does a papaya feel like if you put down, you know, a, a plastic squeeze toy, a chew toy, a kid chew toy and 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 something that might be giving off an aroma or a texture wow. or something, too. Yeah. Yeah. If you take the papaya from the the, the set of uh, 1400 uh, classroom fruits and vegetables for the dramatic play area that you spent one hundred and seventy two dollars <laughs> on and put that next to a real papaya, they're probably going to gravitate towards the uh, the real thing, especially if you. You give them a, a knife. To, to <laughs> into it. And now we're back to the throwing episode. So if you can play with it, it's a toy. Um, some toys, maybe we can classify as more valuable, more engaging, more appropriate. You know what? Let's than flip others. that. Let's let's flip it and make it not sound so judgy. Okay. Some, I think, I think we could say that some toys offer more opportunity for the children to really investigate it some some toys offer a sturdier platform for kids to build their play upon i don't know that's a lot of words but yeah, yeah okay 
I mean, they're 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 better. There's more off. options. More yeah, options. Yeah. The more I mean, Simon Nicholson. It's they're they're more they're variables that are more variable. More variables, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Well, it's been fun talking about. Any other thoughts before we wrap it up? No. I think this this has been the Child Care Byron Grill podcast. Click the links to the people on the show in the show notes if you want to get more of us in any way in your life. Share the show with a friend or an enemy or a stranger. We appreciate it. Back soon with another episode. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.